plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Star Style Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And we're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am Cynthia Bryan. I'll be your host throughout the show. And I'm always thrilled to be here with you. Today's show, we're going to touch um, in segment one about millennials versus boomers and some thoughts about that. Um, you know how far apart the thinking is between the generations. I actually wrote a book uh, called Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. And so we're going to bring you some thoughts from millennials, which I thought were kind of fun. In segment two, of course, the hot topic of conversation this week, especially for kids, is what is your special Halloween costume? Well, for me, as a gardener, I am more concerned with the wicked phantoms that are prowling in the hallowed ground. So it is Halloween, and we have the ghosts and ghouls and goblins and creatures that go crazy in the night, and I'm going to tell you all about them. And in our third segment, are you a person that really wants to make a change in your life and maybe make a difference in the world, but you don't know where to start? I want to help guide you to find your purpose and your mission by aligning you with um, a volunteer position that might speak to your activism. Because as the executive director of Be The Star You Are, I have worked with thousands of volunteers to give them an opportunity to do what they love and to see where they can shine. And that can happen with you as well, with uh, and many, many charities that are out there. So the internet could help you um, help the world by using your school, your skills remotely. And um, no matter what your interest is, there is going to be a nonprofit or a charity out there that could use your, um, your expertise or your learning curve. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. Please visit the website, bethestarur.org. And this is from a source that's unknown, but I thought it was really good. The secret of life is to believe that the more I ask, the more I will receive. And I have found this to be such a truism. It's very hard for me to ask for things. I mean, I, the way I was raised on the farm kind of being independent was, you know, you figured things out for yourself and you, you really just tried to do things on your own. And um, so asking wasn't something that I embraced right away. But what's interesting, and uh, especially with the charity, is, you know, it's hard for me to ask for donations, but there was a, a professor at a dental school who actually became the dean 
of the school, and he's just very revered. And the way he got millions of dollars for his school is when he would see anybody, the first thing he would say, he would say your name, and he would say, hi, Cynthia, give me your wallet. (laughs) And it kind of broke the ice, but it was interesting how many people ponied up. So um, I'm getting better at asking for donations for Be The Star You Are to keep us running. I still haven't mastered it yet, but you know, if you like what we do, go to be the star you are.org and think about making a donation. Well, I want to talk about millennials and boomers. So as I just said, is um, I, w- I was really, I was excited to write the book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. And that came about because volunteers that were millennials asked me to do it. Uh, They were saying, you know, we need to do a book about this. So I have always felt really, really lucky because since the mid-1980s, that's when I began fairy tale uh, workshops or fairy tale play shops for toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners. I've had the grand privilege of growing up with both Generation X and Generation Y. And I am a baby boomer. I'm a proud baby boomer. And I believe, like many previous generations, that our age group was the hippest, the coolest, the smartest, the most enlightened ever. You know, I thought we had the best music, the best everything. But, you know, every generation feels that, and you should. But with so many off-the-chart life experiences, I just couldn't wait to share my stories with my own children. And then enter the millennials. They're also known as Generation Y. It's a group that really can't be put into a neat little box, and nor can it be aptly defined, because even the birth dates for this largest generation to date, approximately 83.1 million, um, opposed to baby boomers who were 75.4 million, they used to be the biggest, but now uh, Generation Y is. Even the birth dates are kind of nebulous. So somewhere between 1980-2004, give or take a few years, and it depends where what you read, it appears to be the compromise date line. So a report from the United States Census Bureau compared milestones of adulthood, moving out of your parents' house, getting married, having a child, getting a job. And by age 34... 45% of Americans had achieved those goals in 1975. So by age 34, 45% of Americans had moved out of their parents' house, had gotten married, had a child, and got a job. But by 2016, the number was only 24%. Younger generations who have less confidence in our economy, they're living at home longer, they're marrying later or not at all, they're delaying children because they're putting more emphasis on education and career building. And these young people never knew life without computers. So they are really connected and plugged in. It is their way of life. And if you believe the hype, which I have to say I really don't, but if you believe the hype, Millennial children were coddled. They were awarded accolades for doing nothing. They endured helicopter parents. Now, that might be true. They spent money they couldn't repay. That might be true. And as adults, they expect high salaries for minimal work. 
and they jump from jobs to jobs while they're living at home, financed by the bank of mom and dad. And they grew up confusing reality with reality TV, the game of life with video games, and personal FaceTime with Facebook, smiling with posting emojis, and talking with texting. Now, you know, like anything, there's a sliver of truth in generalities and assumptions, um, and I don't like those. But I have to tell you, my personal interactions with this diverse group have been of incredible deep respect and great admiration. Over the years, I found my students, my volunteers, and my young friends to be incredibly caring individuals who are concerned about the plight of the planet, they're curious about life, they're involved in political debates, they're open-minded, they're deeply devoted to family ties, they're obsessed with safety, they desire experiences over material goods, and they're willing to volunteer to make a difference. And for the most part, non-discriminatory when it comes to race, gender, religion, and culture. I find that millennials are a smart, affectionate, funny, socially responsible, goal-oriented generation of multicultural, highly intelligent, innovative, studious, inclusive, and collaborative young people. Bottom line is I really love millennials. Now, it did seem like about every eight years at the urging of my students or volunteers, I decided to write another book in the Be The Star You Are series and Be the star you are, millennials to boomers, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world, was really encouraged by the hosts and reporters of um, our teen radio show, Express Yourself. And because I had done um, a book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and then was just completely asked, when are you going to do one for millennials? Because the young reporters wanted to speak up, speak out, be heard just like we say on Express Yourself. And of course, that's what we did. And of course, now there are even younger people coming um, coming up the ranks and that are working on Express Yourself. So my purpose was to eliminate a simple fact that we're not created equal, that we're all far better than equal, that we're unique, we're individuals. We have the ability, responsibility to use our talents, our genius, our strengths, to sparkle, shine, and and make a positive impact on this um, small galaxy that we share called Earth. So we all have to strive to be the stars we were born to be. And I encourage people, if they get the book, just to open it anywhere, to whatever page you land on. And that's the message that you're supposed to hear for that day. It could be written by me, or it could be written by one of the millennials, or it could be written by one of the boomers who I have all worked with. So... I have really feel I feel I've been really blessed that through the many years of teaching and coaching, I had the good fortune to interact with this hipper, cooler, smarter, and enlightened generation. And I do think that millennials are shaping the future of our planet and their stories and expressions are going to lead us to hope and triumph. And I really like celebrating their positive voices because as somebody from the boomer generation would sing, Bob Dylan. The times they are a changing. And with that, I thought it was pretty fun to um, look at the generational divides, how boomers and millennials kind of act like two squabbling siblings because 
so many boomers just don't understand why this younger generation can't do things the way that the boomers did. And millennials are saying that the old ways don't all work. So everybody's got to open their minds a bit. And that is from whether marriage is right, pregnancy is right, or even punctuation, right? Talk, thinking of those emojis and and uh, as I read a lot of magazines, how they just cut off things instead of saying difference, they say diff, you know, instead of putting the word very, they just put the word V. Anyway, it seems like the generations can be at odds. But while um, millennials don't seem to mind taking advice from the boomers, here are 10 phrases that uh, millennials have said, hey, you just got to quit saying this. And I have to say I agree, but I wanted, I have to bring it out because I really, I really love this. All right. The first one that boomers have to stop saying is that is just how the world works. I mean, think about it. Millennials actually came of age through 9-11, uh, 2001. Um, they have witnessed endless wars abroad. They've witnessed a recession, a housing market crash that made graduating from college and joining the workforce just seem like a far off dream. They've had climate catastrophes, toxic politics, racial violence, inequities, an exhausting gig economy, this global pandemic. And, you know, they've had a front row seat to systematic failures that so many boomers did not experience. So maybe it is millennials who see boomers as having the unrealistic view of the world and not the other way around. The second one was just take whatever job you can get. Well, I don't think so. With uh, raging student loans and high costs of living at the forefront of their minds, the fact that millennials are actively looking for higher paying jobs might come off as being, um, it might come off as being like they are, are just too fancy, right? Or they might come off as being entitled to boomers who came of age in a starkly different job market. However, with the average millennial owing almost $40,000 in student debt if they went to college, they simply want to get sure they get compensated um, for something that matches their job uh, description. The third thing that they want uh, boomers to stop saying is, why are you still renting? <laughs> well, the prospect of making a comfortable living and being able to buy a house in your 20s or 30s or even in your 40s, it's not even a reality anymore for millennials. A 2017 study conducted by the Young Invincibles found that millennials have a median household income of about $40,581, and that they earn 20% less than boomers did at the same stage, despite being better educated. And that's not even touching on the inflated housing market. And as we know, in during the pandemic, housing pretty much across the country went up, I mean, to buy a house, almost 20%. Uh, our realtor friends are multimillionaires this year. So yeah, it's much harder to save money for a home when you're still paying off high student loans again if you went to college. The fourth thing they want boomers to stop saying is just get a tougher skin. 
Okay, well, we can go right ahead and put this one to bed because the idea that millennials are snowflakes who crumble at the smallest advent of adversity or criticism has been disproved. There were studies focusing on levels of hypersensitivity, and they found that people in the baby boomer category are more sensitive than certain younger generations. So I don't want to argue with science, and I don't think you do either. Okay, the fifth one is um, that they don't want to hear a boomer saying is, I never went to a therapist, and look at me, I turned out just fine. <laughs> well, did they? <laughs> 53% of millennials admit that health and wellness is a priority in their life. And who can blame them, considering that this generation grew up seeing the long-term effects of unhealthy eating. I mean, think those those supersized portions, all the excessive smoking, extreme drinking. They also grew up learning about the consequences of unresolved emotional traumas and mental health conditions. So yes, mental health is a priority. Think Vietnam vets and not they didn't get therapy and it was really a mess. The next one is um, they don't want to hear uh, boomers saying is all this pronoun stuff is ridiculous. Okay, well, gender is a, a social construct, but let's keep this short and sweet. If you identify as the gender you were assigned at birth and you feel as though your pronouns suit you, that's good. That's your prerogative. However, we really shouldn't be dictating about gender and pronouns of other people. I think we have to have empathy and just be respectful. Now, the next one is, um, and I thought this one is kind of funny, uh, that millennials say that boomers are asking them all the time, can you explain cryptocurrency and NFTs? Well, I personally don't, I just, I don't get it. And even my literary agent is married to a cryptocurrency and NFT expert, and she's always trying to inform me, and I still don't get it. But, you know, even though millennials are the generation that ushered in the technology age, the concept of cryptocurrency and F NFTs is so complex, and it really trips up even tech-savvy, digitally-in-tune people. So I think that not everybody's going to understand that. And I know the millennials that I know uh, unfortunately, most of them don't. Um, <laughs> this one, I think, is uh, rather funny. And I will end the segment with this one, where they try to tell, they tell boomers, you know, quit telling us that we're so obsessed with our dogs. Well, <laughs> millennials will say, and this would be my daughter and her husband. If they say, first of all, our dogs, and they have two, these are my kids. And it's rude to say to be obsessed. Secondly, since this generation is taking their time when it comes to having kids, a lot of them aren't having kids until their late 30s, some even until their 40s. Their dogs, their cats, their, their birds, their gerbils, whatever, they're the next best thing if their plants aren't cutting it. And as the gardener I am... Um, I would say, let's have plants, but I also love animals. And um, the other thing that they do is they all have matching Halloween costumes, which I just, <laughs> I cracked up. Uh, my daughter and her husband and their baby, they are anthropologists and zoologists. 
and their dogs are dinosaurs and their baby is a baby dinosaur erupting from a um, an egg. So it is crazy how they dress everybody up. Well, that's, that is our segment one. If you're interested in my book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, or any of the other two books in that series, or any of the eight books I've written, please visit starstylestore.net, or you can just go to my website, cynthiabryan.com, and click on the store. And you will get, um, there's a lot of discounts going on right now, as well as you'll get autographed copies, bookmarks, postcards, seeds, and other goodies, which you will never get if you buy it from Amazon. So thank you for listening to our, my segment on Millennials and Boomers. And when we come back from break, we're going to have some gremlins in the garden. So don't go away. Be the star you us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show Okay, okay, okay. We are back. Oh, my gosh. I almost sound like, like um, you know, what's his name from Texas? Uh, Mac- not McCulley. Well, anyway. Matthew Mac- McConaughey. I love him. Anyway, okay. So um, I want to go into the garden. So this is a quote from Letty Van Derver. She wrote a book in 1921 called Halloween Happenings. And as we know, Halloween is this Sunday. So I don't know if anybody's dressing up, but this says, Gnome and elf and fairy, witch and ghost make merry on this last day of dear October days. And I thought that would lead me well into my uh, Gremlins of the Garden, my garden article that is talking about what I call the Gremlins of the Garden. 
And I want to say it's the howling, the nipping, and the barking of the coyote that absolutely sends shivers down my back. Um, I have so many coyotes that live in the creeks and the hills all around my house. And every few months, they grab a chicken and they kill it. And um, they're able to dig under a fence. And since I have them running around... And I've never been able to, well, I've saved a couple, but mostly once they have it, they're gone. And I know that they hunt throughout the day, but as dusk settles over the hills and the moon rises, these wily carnivores, they set out to regulate the ecosystem. They are an apex crepuscular predator. And in an urban landscape, their prey is often our beloved pet. And I know they're good for our ecosystem and our environment, but I just find them so creepy and so blood curdling. Although when I was in Arizona, I know that there was a lot of silver jewelry and a lot of jewelry that had, had, you know, earrings that were coyotes. There's a lot of coyotes, but I have a lot of them too. Now for kids, the hot topic of conversation this week is revolving around Halloween. And as we decorate pumpkins and light jack-o'-lanterns, spooky specimens and wild phantoms are also prowling around our hallowed grounds. As a gardener, we work hard, I work hard to maintain our landscapes. And it's really frustrating to have our sanctuaries invaded by unwanted organisms. But one of the most noxious weeds to assault our gardens is called the bind weed. I mean, just think of the name bind weed. Mimicking the fair face of a morning glory flower, this is like a poltergeist. It twists and tangles until it strangles plants and shrubs. And each plant produces more than 50 seeds that can survive for 50 years or more, making this deep-rooted gremlin a wicked weed to eradicate. Now, there's also a cast list of freaky wild ones that I call the misunderstood good, the beastly bad, and the pesky players. And we often wish to hocus-pocus them somewhere else or get a genie lamp and get rid of them. So let me tell you who are the misunderstood good. First of all, owls. Owls are the silent, stealthy hunters of our garden, and they provide free rodent control. So when you hear their haunting hoots and hoo-hoo-hoo, be grateful that they've designated your trees as their habitat. Install a tall owl nesting box if you don't have old trees attractive to owls. The next one, frogs and toads. Now, in folkloric traditions, magic potions are concocted in rituals using frogs and toads to cast those evil spirits and spells. But, you know, these helpful hoppers have been so much maligned. They're a natural pest controller, and they will munch over 10,000 insects in just a few months, like over a summer. And their song in the summer, at the end of spring, beginning of summer, and their mating calls are melodious, indicating that you have a healthy environment. Now, if you want to attract a toad or frog, you can turn over a broken clay pot, so repurpose it, turn it on its side, bury it halfway in the soil, and then welcome these amphibians to their toad abode. Bats. Okay. 
Dracula and the coronavirus have something in common. They both disparage the docile bat. Bats are not winged rodents or bloodsuckers. Instead, they are the only flying mammals with wings. Bats are productive pest patrollers. They feed on insects. They are progressive pollinators of hundreds of plant species. And they are sensational seed dispersers. These flying friends, they don't plague people, but they will devour, listen to this, a thousand mosquitoes in an hour. So provide habitat for these winged heroes. To roost, you can erect a bat house 12 to 15 feet off the ground. And as a bonus to your garden, they'll offer nutrient-rich fertilizer with their excrement, which is called guano. Now, if you fear vampires, plant garlic. This is the time to plant garlic, and you'll be harvesting it next season, and it'll be more delicious than what you can uh, buy in the store. And of course, you can just put it around your neck so you won't have to worry about vampires. The next misunderstood good are snakes. Snakes are slimy, they're slithering, and they're scary. But most snakes are harmless and they're helpful garden assistants. The common garter snake preys on insects, slugs, and rodents and prefers to live in cool, dark places. Just today, I just was walking out in my garden as I do every day and I found a baby garter snake. And it was so interesting because it immediately got in a strike position. Somehow I must have frightened it. But they are good. The only thing I want to uh, advise you is keep your doors closed, as it would be pretty frightening to find that a female gave birth to up to 50 live young under your bed, and they do do that. Now, the elegant king snake is welcome in any landscape, as it eats venomous snakes like rattlesnakes or copperheads, as well as rodents and other plant destroyers. Now, here's one you probably wouldn't think is good, but this is a very misunderstood animal, skunks. Skunks are the garbage collectors of the garden. They're docile black and white creatures and they will eat anything, including insects, rodents, and yellow jacket larvae, which I really appreciate. Now, when fruit falls from a tree, they'll be the cleanup crew. Pet food and bird seed are attractors and because of their odorous spray, these mostly nocturnal, solitary, and non-confrontational creatures, they get a bad rap. Now, when they are threatened, they will stomp, they'll hiss, and they'll puff up before they raise their tail and unleash their potent defense system. I don't know if I told you, but I have a resident skunk who discovered my cat food outside. And even though I don't keep it there anymore, the skunk comes every single night or evening to my back door doesn't mind that I am out there a couple feet from it just looks at me and just goes about its business and I welcome that skunk I don't know if it's a he or a she because I know that that skunk is getting rid of things I don't want in the garden now another one that people are afraid of but they don't need to be spiders little miss muffet had no reason to run away only unwanted insects such as grasshoppers, aphids, cockroaches, and mosquitoes need to fear these valuable web weavers. Research is underway by scientists on the benefit of spider venom 
to prevent arthritis with the strength of spider silk. And that is inspiring mechanical engineers. Now, again, just like I found the snake, I found a huge, big yellow and black spider today. And it is a beautiful web weaver. Um, and again, it's a good one for the garden. It will catch a lot of bad insects. Now, here are the beastly bad. These are the ones I don't like, I don't want, and it's so hard to get rid of them. Gophers, moles, and voles. Now, although we witness the horror gophers, moles, and voles create in our lawns and yard, we rarely see these creeping critters. You can stomp on the mounds, the trails, and the holes. It might, may distract them for a while, but like the Terminator, they'll be back. So setting multiple traps and checking them daily is the best method. And if all else fails, you have to call in the pros. Rats and mice. Ugh. Rats and mice give me, I just hate them. They gnaw through wiring, wood pipes, bags of bird seed. They make nests in our stored patio furniture pads. They reproduce rapidly and prolifically. They spread disease, they contaminate food sources, and they can infest our homes and gardens. Now listen to this. In just three years, a single rat, a single rat, can produce half a billion, billion with a B descendants. They have so many babies and then they have so many babies and they have so many babies and they have so many babies. Billion in three years. So trapping is the humane manner to eradicate these pests unless the Wicked Witch of the West unleashes her feral black cats to hunt and exterminate. The other one is raccoons. I think they're so pretty, but if you're hearing scratching noises in your attic, it's not the walking dead. You could have rodents or raccoons. Raccoons will walk on a tree branch to access your roof. They'll set up a den in the spaces above your ceiling. They're also attracted to garbage, pet food, bird feeders, bird nests, and they will kill poultry. I've had them kill my, my chickens and ducks and geese. They're really vicious. Raccoons are major hosts of rabies in the United States. So you got to make sure to cut your tree branches back at least six to eight feet from your roof to protect yourself from these masked marauders, as well as from fire laddering. And you can deter raccoons from setting up house with cayenne pepper sprinkled wherever needed and spray your shrubs and bushes with a solution of a bottle of hot sauce mixed with water. That does work. Wild boars, boy, they have destroyed my creeks, but they destroy yards, they damage fences, and they're a danger to humans. The destruction of property by feral hogs costs agriculture over 1.5 billion annually. They compete with wildlife for food and negatively impact our natural ecosystems, increasing soil erosion and decreasing water quality. Their tramping, rooting, and digging have devastated numerous lawns and gardens. Wild hogs are truly a horror show. Now, the pesky players. Okay, squirrels, deer, and turkeys, they are a nuisance to homeowners, but they, they're really kind of neither good nor bad, and they actually are good in the environment. Squirrels. They're bushy-tailed squirrels. They strip fruit and vegetables from trees and vines before it's harvest time. They take up residence in homes. I've witnessed squirrels scampering on my fence with an apple from my tree that was bigger than his or her head. They have denuded my pistache trees of their unripe berries. They've stolen all the chestnuts from the trees. 
But you know what? They also provide so much entertainment with their aerial antics and their circus acrobatics, as well as their lively chatter. Plus, I raised a baby squirrel from birth uh, with a little bottle until it was released. And I have to say, they're very smart and they're very sweet. Dear, um, dear demolish gardens with their dining desires. And the only sure way to keep them away from your sacred spaces is to build a tall fence enclosing your property. And usually it has to be about nine feet. Now, since my garden is fenced and protected, I welcome the doe and her twin fawns every single day, 6.30 p.m. They're always here. They graze on my grassy slope. And sometimes the stags sharpen their antlers on my oaks and often leave me a gift of them, which I um, use in decorations on my patio. I also raised a baby deer, a newborn fawn, whose parents were poached uh, from, with a bottle for several years until she was released and I grew just absolutely to love her. Turkeys, another thing that I've raised, but the wild turkeys, they fly over those fences and they forage for berries, bugs, and buds. They live in my pine trees and sometimes have as many as two dozen gobbling and scratching all around. But I also have watched how they share the bounty of their discoveries with some of the birds shaking the branches, and releasing fruit to their young waiting below. So elves, fairies, and gnomes are invited to roam my haunted garden and to protect and serve. But if you get an infestation of any of the beastly bad or when the pesky players are bewitching and injurious to your property, it may behoove you to call in the Ghostbusters, also known as licensed depredators for nuisance wild control. I always say just rest in peace. And just finally, some spooky shrubs. I want to end this on a lighter note. If you're looking for an all-black bush to showcase for Halloween, Proven Winners developed a crepe myrtle called Center Stage Red that boasts jet black leaves with stunning summer blood red blooms. And I'm, part, uh, I'm partnering this with a black, that black beauty with a heat-tolerant white gardenia. It's kind of like Glenda the Good Witch. So that's fun. And here are just some, uh, a couple of names of shrubs that evoke goosebumps. Ghost Wygella, Abracadabra Hydrangeas, and Handsome Devil Viburnum. Isn't that fun? So as October comes to an end, I wish you zombie thrills, frights, and chills, and may the green reaper stay away from your garden. But get ready to charge up your broomsticks. But whatever you do, have a very, very happy and safe Halloween. I'll be back in a bit with more, and we'll talk about how you can find your mission through volunteering. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'll be right back. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Whatever your goal is, I want you to go for it. You know, all things, even what seems impossible, can be accomplished when you take a few important steps. 
visualize the prize. Identify a specific goal and imagine yourself achieving it in every detail. If you want to be a professional speaker, see yourself speaking to thousands of people, making a difference in their lives. Write down your visualizations. Repeat them to yourself every day. And as you do, your belief in your confidence is going to grow. Choose a role model. Inspirational role models demonstrate possibilities and they provide invaluable source for motivation, strength, and hope. And keep reminders of your goals and dreams on cards or put them on the, your mirror or on your dashboard, on your computer, or on your refrigerator, wherever you're going to see them often. And when you get a setback, pick yourself up. Bounce back. You have to see mistakes as opportunities to learn and develop new strategies. Mistakes are inevitable, they're valuable, and they're essential for growth. So remember that you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 Be the Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, over this past, what, 20 months now, our nation has been absolutely shaken by just innumerable crises. You know, the pandemic, systemic racism. Healthcare inequality, reproductive right restrictions, climate changes. Uh, it, it, it just seems like unbelievable what's going on. But we can't be defeated of it because people from all walks of life are stepping up. They're leading the way. And um, volunteers uh, from different nonprofits and things seem to be the one that might be the most active. And each of us has a role to play in our universe and in our communities. And within each of us lies that capacity to create change, not only for ourselves, but for others. So I wanted to tell you that how maybe a nonprofit might be able to help you live your dream and find your passion. So I have been the executive director of Be The Star You Are Charity 
since um, 1999. We actually started it in 1998, but we didn't get our 501c3 until 99. And, you know, over that time, it's been massaged and it's evolved and changed and all of that. But one of my original goals was always to make sure that anyone who volunteered was actually becoming a leader, that they were learning and growing and getting a skill that they perhaps didn't even know that they had. So it wasn't about trying to get any free labor as volunteers. It was really about growing people. So uh, we are a library of books as well as an arts and culture and we want to provide positive media messages. That's why this radio show is in existence. That's why Express Yourself is in existence. And that's why we do everything that we do, from disaster relief to um, donating books, etc. But what I have discovered over this time is that the people who do become volunteers use this as an exercise to hone their skills so that they can springboard to something even better, whether it become be, is becoming a journalist or becoming a radio personality or a TV personality, or they uh, want to be a better writer or they want to uh, you know get paid to write grants. In other words, they use the volunteering experience to actually get a paid job. So. How do you find your mission? If you are out there and you're just wondering, how do I find what I really want to do? It's time to start looking inward and make a list of things that just stir you, that make you excited. What keeps you up at night? What wakes you up at night? What makes you feel that you could be powerful? And even if you don't have those skills now, if it's something you want to do, Write it down because you might just stumble into an incredible career through a volunteering at a nonprofit that promotes those the particular skills that you need to develop. So you want to seek out somebody who is already doing it. Now, I'll just give an example for me. Uh, so teens, as you know, are, are the reporters on Express Yourself Teen Radio. And most of these kids, our youngest is 12, and some of them who are now in their late 20s are still coming back on the air that started on the show when we first launched in 2010. But so many want to either get into um, journalism or the media in some way. And because of volunteering at Express Yourself and doing the radio shows, Many of them, as they have uh, gone into their adulthood, they have actually been able to do that. Some are working in Hollywood. Some are working on movies. Some are actually either production assistants or some are producing their own things. So seek out a charity or a nonprofit that's doing the things you want. If you're looking at you know, climate change, there are all kinds of nonprofits out there. You could put your social skills um, and your web skills to work by just sleuthing out what organizations are actually doing something, doing things that you are interested in, and then focus on them. 
Uh, it could be a local nonprofit. And it doesn't matter if it's really small. In fact, working with a small nonprofit, I mean, Be The Star You Are is a very small nonprofit. And that's probably the best thing because all the volunteers get a lot of special attention. Some of them, you know, they're doing book reviews. They want to get into writing. They want to write their own books. They want to be prepaid book reviewers. They want to become book editors. And we help them do all of that. So, you know, a simple Google search like climate change groups near me might get you started. And if you've narrowed it down to a few, uh, look into how long they've been around and what they have accomplished, because that could make the difference uh, for you. You, you do want to be with a nonprofit that has been around for a while and that is really making an impact. So uh, you right now, especially with the pandemic, there are so many opportunities virtually. Like, you know, if you are interested in grant writing, I mean, just about every nonprofit wants a grant writer. Everybody wants fundraisers. I mean, we've had people that want to be party planners, so they get to plan events, and then this goes on their resume. So it's not a paid job, but you're going to get things for your resume that can lead to a paid job. And if you really can't narrow it down to a few things that you want to do, it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe you can do several at one time, or you can volunteer with several different nonprofits. Maybe you promote one nonprofit on your social media. You donate money to another one. Um, you do a virtual volunteer or an in-person volunteer at a different one. So you know, there are so many organizations that definitely could use your money and your talents and your love. So first thing is for you to consider those natural talents. And if you um, if you don't you know if you don't really know what your natural talents are, uh, then again, get back to writing because there's going to be something that you are really, really good at. And if you're feeling burnt out in your current job, if you spot any of these symptoms I'm going to mention, it is time to take a breather. And maybe that breather could be what you need to do just to go uh, volunteer at a nonprofit. Because when you work at a when you're a volunteer, you're not you can't be fired. You might be asked not to volunteer, but you know you're not. At least in our our charities, I don't yell at anybody. <laughs> I'm just grateful that even if they show up once in a while, and there are no requirements of a certain amount. So here are some burnout red flags. If you're not sleeping, if you're tossing and turning and getting less than that solid amount of sleep, you know, seven to nine hours a day, this could mean that you are starting to burn out. If you started feeling antisocial, like you just don't want to be around people, you know, has it been a while, your disconnection can sneak up on you if you are doing just too much. And if you're avoiding exercise, you know, that's a big one because walking, dancing, anything you do, gardening, it helps boost your mood. And if you're skipping it because you're too tired or too busy, then it's really time to reassess. If your schedule is too packed, but your bank account is, you know, just failing, you need to take a, a close look at the areas that feel depleted. And that could be your debit account. And then make a plan to adjust accordingly. You know, you, maybe you're being asked to do too much for too little. 
And if you're always angry or always annoyed, you know, you're if you're flipping people off on the freeway or when you pick up that coffee somewhere that you are just, you know, feeling angry because it's not hot enough or whatever. Those are all signs that you could be burning out and we don't want that to happen. So here's just some statistics of people doing good. The number of mutual aid groups, that would be local volunteer groups that support their neighborhoods in the U.S., and this is a statistic, um, is 800 plus. That's a mutual aid group in a local area. The record-setting amount donated to a charitable organization last year, and most of it came from just individual donations, not from corporations, was $471 billion. Boy, I would like to have just even a a fraction of that. Um, One in three people in 2020 used social media to support a cause, find a protest, or to encourage others to act. And the average amount that a U.S. household donated to charity every year was $2,500. And that's a really nice amount. If, if you, you can spread it around between different charities, but the key is to definitely give. So just to wrap it up, volunteer when you can, donate when you can't. Plan something. Changing the world needs planners like you to help get things done. So you can organize a drive, like a food drive, a clothing drive, a book drive, whatever your cause needs. And if you're a people person, invite your friends. You can volunteer remotely. All of Be The Star You Are's right now is all virtual. And then, of course, put your money to work. Ask social followers to donate to the organization of your choice and offer to match whatever they contribute. If you do want to be around other passionate people, join a a volunteer group. And you're going to find that you will find your purpose and your passion and perhaps find your new mission for life. Well, thanks for being great listeners. I hope that if you've been inspired at all, you'll check out my website at CynthiaBryan.com. And if you want to get involved in a great literacy and positive media charity, also arts and culture, Be The Star You Are, might be for you, bethestaryouare.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. See beyond your physical being. Know you are already the star of you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week. I hope that you might want to pick up Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. There are 31 stellar contributors outside of myself, both boomers and millennials, who wrote true life stories in this book. And they are, it's just really rather amazing um, how terrific it is. And I really love the um, endorsement we got from Devon Harris, who is a three-time Jamaican bobsled Olympian. I just, I loved the the Jamaican bobsledders. And he said, this book dispels the myth that millennials are entitled. They're empowered and the insights and wisdom they share from their personal experiences will inspire you. And I am inspired by millennials. So again, until we celebrate next week, remember love always wins. 
Kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a really fun Halloween. Be safe, be healthy, and hey, trick or treat. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.